Good morning. So, I would say that it's fair to say that friendship is important. Uh, it's important to me. I've had the same best friend since I was in third grade. Uh, I'm still friends with a lot of the kids that were in my youth group as I was growing up. And we're still close and we're still friends and our kids know each other. And the reason is, is because in youth group, like we uh, prayed for each other, you know, in that teenage time of our lives, we were there for each other. We witnessed to people together. We went on missions trips together. We did things like we got closer to God and we got closer to each other from, from fellowship, like in youth group. And as we talk today, we talk about friendship. Friendship's definitely important. Uh, if you ever watch Sesame Street, and I do, because uh, I got kids, you know, uh, Oscar the Grouch, you know, is not a pleasant person, right? But Oscar the Grouch still had friends. They were other grouches. Uh, and he had friends with, uh, he was friends with almost everybody in, on Sesame Street, whether he wanted to admit it or not. But it's definitely important. And as we talk about fellowship, it's one of those words that uh, is kind of a Christian word, right? I mean, it's used outside of churches if, uh, like, in AA, like, they call that a fellowship, right? It's, and I'll, we'll talk about exactly what that is, but fellowship, like, if you're going to go out to lunch with somebody, you're at work, uh, you don't say, you say, hey, do you want to go out to lunch? You don't say, would you like to fellowship, okay, because they would think that's weird probably, right? Uh, I always tell people like, you know, Webby, like before we leave, he'll say, y'all love and hug on somebody. That's another one. Like if you're in JC and you go up to somebody, mind if I love and hug on you, they'll probably say, ew, get away, you know, like it's just a church thing. So what exactly does it mean? Fellowship is basically the developing and nurturing of relationships built on common foundation in Christ. And it's one of the tools God uses to help us uh, become more godly. It's more than just a bunch of Christians hanging out in the fellowship hall or, or eating together. It's, it's something deeper than that. In uh, 1 John 1.3, it says this, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So as a church, we have fellowship together. We have fellowship with the Father. We have fellowship to Jesus. And as together, as a group, as we have fellowship with the Father and Jesus, we can grow closer together, get to, get to know each other better. The Greek word, which is translated by the English word fellowship, uh, it basically means a strong common bond and shared experience and identity between people. If you have fellowship with somebody, it's more than simply enjoying their company, clicking with them, sharing with them, or even putting yourself out for them. It's sharing an identity with them. And Frank, last week he talked about adoption, and in this week when we talk about fellowship, we can talk somewhat about separation, the, the opposite of that, because when you look in Genesis, and in Genesis 3, like you see the fall, but you see that God is with us and everything is good, and then the serpent comes, and, uh, and that Adam and Eve eat of the fruit, 
And there's separation that is made there between us and God. And God decides to send his son Jesus to reestablish the fellowship we had with God. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14 says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into the people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. So he brought peace to us. He brought back that fellowship that we can build with him. Uh, so we can have fellowship with God and others now. And how do we do that? How do we build fellowship? Well, the first thing is this. It's time to build relationships, okay? So this type of building is a commitment to develop relationships with God, others, and church family. So Ephesians 2.19 says, You are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Christian. We are all parts, this is Romans 12, 4 and 5, we are all parts of Christ's body, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do, so we belong to each other, and we need all the others. And I'm sure you would agree with the fact that church is full of characters, right? And when we say someone is a character, we usually mean in some way that he or she stands out. They're different, colorful, interesting. I've met some of the most interesting people in the world at church. Not all of us grew up in church, but if you have, I'm sure you can think back to some of the most colorful characters that you have met. And you see people in church that you wouldn't think typically would hang out, but like I said, they have this common thing in mind, or this common thing in common, Jesus, and it makes it possible for them to hang out and do things together. The only thing is, I believe that as a culture, and I'll speak for myself on this too, we don't really like building relationships or new relationships with people. Court and I moved recently, and uh, you know we have these people called neighbors, right? Does does anybody know their neighbor here? Like you really know your neighbor well? I mean, that is something that people used to do, right? Uh, we were at my mom's house not long ago, and she was, she really, this is true, she told me, she said, hey, Chris, go to next door to the neighbor's house and ask if we can borrow an egg. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That is crazy. Like, I'm like, but I guess people used to do that, right? They would go and they would borrow from their neighbors and vice versa and whatever. And, and really, like now, we really don't, we don't really get to to know our neighbors as, as much as we used to. Now, Courtney and I, Courtney has met, uh, I've met one and she's met one and we're, we're meeting him, but it's not like something I was really looking forward to doing. Now, I shouldn't be like that, but, but you know, we, we are all kind of like that. We like to be private, right? So remember we traded the front porch where things used to go on. People used to talk with a privacy fence. Like, so you don't see as much people hanging out on the front porch. You see more privacy fences now because we like to be private. Times Magazine uh, came to Paley, Indiana around 1950, and they were taking pictures. And you can buy this magazine on, on eBay, like, but they, they had a lot of uh, pictures of the downtown square in Paoli. 
and it was absolutely packed. There were people everywhere. This was on the weekend. People were shopping, people were talking, and there was actually cars, like here's a car parked and there'd be one behind it. They would leave the keys in the car so that person could move it and then move their car out, you know? So a lot of the people they interviewed said that it was a great time of getting to know your neighbors and talking to your friends. So you saw a lot of people out and about and they were actually hanging out and talking face to face. So I guess the square was kind of like the Facebook of today, right? So if I went to the square now, it is not busy at all. It's like totally empty. Even if I went there on a Friday night, like there's not a lot of people there. So where am I going with this? Well, like we don't communicate like we used to, do we? Like we, we don't get out and we don't communicate with people. In fact, like we can order uh, food and have it delivered to our house. You know, we can also order our clothes and have that there. Like we don't have a reason to really get out and to hang out with people and get to know people like we used to. Do you guys, any of you guys remember uh, going to the mall? Anybody used to do that? Like, like go to the mall, people would go out and hang. You ever been to a mall lately? I promise they're dead. Like there's not hardly anybody there at all. Like people just don't get out and talk like they used to. They don't go and, and I think that makes it harder on us as a church. Like we want that to happen here. Like we want communication. We want people to get to know each other. Uh, Instead, we have Facebooks, right? And we might have like a thousand friends on Facebook, but are they really your friends? You ever ran into somebody uh, that you really don't know on Facebook, but you're friends with them and you see them in a public place? I usually do this thing where I call avoid. I just don't talk to them. It's just weird, you know, like they're friends with me, but not really friends with me. And when we talk about fellowship, building relationships is very important. It's very important that like in church with each other, especially with the things that we do here, that we build relationships with each other. The second is this, it's time to build spiritual maturity. This type of building is a commitment to my faith. Uh, so my faith is serious and grow as a Christian. So Ephesians 13, 14 says, we must become like a mature person, growing until we become like Christ. Then we will no longer be babies. We will not be tossed about like a ship that the waves carry one way and then the other. First Timothy 4, 7 says, take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit and continue to grow. Not long ago, uh, and we want to do that First in First Timothy. We want to have people that will help us stay uh, spiritually fit. I went with Keegan not long ago to a uh, youth group event. Well, it was about two years ago. It goes by quick when, you know, but two years ago, we were at a youth group event, and uh, a lot of the youth groups from this area went. So we, we went to Lanesville Christian Church, and then after that, we went to Louisville, Kentucky to bowl, and there's different things there. And, and then on the way back, we were done, and, and I was taking some, my kids in my minivan, in my wife's minivan, I was taking them to Lanesville Christian Church. So everybody was going there. Keegan had some students in his Mustang. He was going to Lanesville Christian Church. So we start out, we're driving, you know, and, and we pass Keegan and all the kids are waving, you know, and they're, they want me to pass them. And then all of a sudden Keegan passes me back, you know. So then I pass him again and then he passes me back. And then all of a sudden I turned into like Ricky Bobby, okay? Like I was going to beat him in this race to Lanesville. So 
I'm driving as fast as I can. I got my kids with me. If it was someone else's kids, I probably wouldn't have done this, but like they were going, go, go. Like they were yelling at me. So I was going, I looked down, I'm going like 95 to 100 miles an hour, you know, I'm driving. And uh, I look back, you know, I don't see Keegan. So I get there to the church and I'm there probably, I mean, I probably wait for him for 15 minutes, you know. And I see him come around. I'm in a minivan. He is in a Mustang, okay? Like, so he could have smoked me if he wanted to. But like, I see him come around. He drives in, and I go up to Keegan to, to gloat and say, ha-ha, like we got here before you. So I go up to him. I say, hey, we got here before you. And he goes, yeah, man, I know. He said, I just didn't feel responsible driving like that with kids in my car. So, and uh, <laughs> I just thought, oh, man, like, why you got to make me feel bad? Like, I... This is a victory for me. And then it ended up not, but, but Keegan, like, is one of those people, like, that helped, like, he helps me, like, mature in Jesus, right? Like, like he challenges me. Uh, I see Keegan reading his Bible a lot. He makes me want to read the word more, you know? And sometimes if I'm, uh, you know, doing something I'm not supposed to, like, like he, he's good at telling me about it. Uh, you know, we need that. We need people to help us to be spiritually fit, as it says in First Timothy. Uh, I went to Holiday World last week, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Utterly Blue ice cream, but it's delicious. So it's one of my favorite things at Holiday World, and I'm getting ready, I'm waiting for the bumper cars, and I see the Utterly Blue ice cream uh, place, and I ask Trace to go get me one, and he does. And he hands it to me while I'm waiting in line, and it's like this big, and uh, I have, like, one more thing that's going to happen before, like, we are in, like, we can get on the bumper cars. So I try to eat it as fast as I can, you know, before I can get on. And I almost accomplish that. I eat it pretty fast. And I give it to Trey. So we go on the bumper cars, we leave, and we're walking around different places. And a lot of times, like, while we're walking around, I'm going to different venues, and we went to some rides, and I see people kind of look at me, and then they, they look again. And I don't know why. Until I see my wife. Like, I go to my wife, and my wife says, Chris. I said, yeah. She goes, you got blue ice cream all over your face. <laughs> and uh, I did. Like, I also had the blue ice cream on my hands, and I didn't know that. And I had been wiping my face, and I looked like a Smurf, you know. Like, so, and you know what? My kids were with me, and then they didn't tell me, like, or say nothing. They just let me walk around like that. But, you know, my point is this, like, or my, Courtney, like, we need somebody to tell us when we got blue ice cream on our face, right? We need people to tell us when things like that happen. We want to be mature. It might be cute for Whitley to do that. It's not cute for me to do that, you know? Uh, if I showed up at, like, your graduation party and I had spaghetti sauce all over my face, you would say, get out of here, you know? And, but she was nice enough to tell me, we need people like that in our lives as we come as we go through life and we are growing to be like Jesus, like we want people to help us, keep us spiritually fit. And there should be people like that in our lives. I have some good friends. Uh, I have four really good friends and, and they're the ones that I go to like when, you know, I just want to know if I'm uh, wrong, I guess I should say, like or or if I'm doing something I'm not supposed to. I know that they'll tell me the truth. I know they'll tell me there's ice cream on my face, you know. And we need people like that. You need people like that. In the church body, when we fellowship, we need people like that. It helps us grow closer together and closer to Jesus when we become mature. 
It's time to build ministers. This type of building is a commitment to discover, discovering and using my God-given talents and ability to serve others. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Okay? 1 Corinthians 12.5 says, There are different kinds of service to God. Together, you form the body of Christ, and each of you are, necessary, are a necessary part of it. So we all have different talents. We all have things that we can do, and, and each of us are important. You are a minister just as much as I am, all right? Sometimes we say, like, there's, we, you got Frank and I and Webby and Keith, like, and we're ministers, and then there's everybody else. But the truth is, like, everybody's ministers, right? You're a minister. I'm a minister. We all should be ministering to people, and we all have different talents. Yours might not be speaking. It might be doing something else, you know? It, and whatever that is, like, you want to use that for the glory of God to minister to him. When I was a student minister, we did all kinds of stuff. We went to CIY, we went to church camp, we would do boat trips, swim parties, TCTC. But 90% of the time, like when I had students that were seniors, if I were to say to them, what, what is the most impactful thing that you did from freshman to senior, like while you were in youth group? And they would always say missions, trips, and serving. That was the most impactful thing that they would do. They remembered that more than anything. And I feel like as a youth pastor, we grew more together and towards Jesus as we did those things, as we uh, did missions trips. And how do we serve others and the church with the different talents that we have? You know, when, when we fellowship with each other, we get to know each other well, and we can kind of see the talents that we bring forth, Right? Like, you can notice that in other people. It's kind of like, you know, your kids. I watch my kids, and, uh, and I look for, like, maybe what they're interested in, and, and, or I wonder how God is going to use them. Uh, Trace, this recently, like, all of a sudden, he started playing piano. Like, and he'll play, like, three hours a night. He loves it. He loves playing piano. He loves music, you know? And ever since he was little, like, he has this uh, hospitality thing. Like, he would always want to make sure his room was really comfortable for people like when they would come see him, even so much that he would want to have a little fridge in there with drinks or, or whatever. So, so I can see him. I can see the talents that he has, and I can look at him. I can shepherd those talents. Uh, Chesney, like Chesney, when, she, when I was working on the house, she likes to get dirty. Like she likes to do, she did drywall, and she had it all the way up to her eyeballs. I mean, she just loved doing it. She loves painting. She loves doing those things. I can very much see God using her in a missions field or, or something like that, but she just loves to serve. Paisley, like Paisley, ever since she was like a little girl, I can remember her being very, uh, it's like she can feel other people's feelings, you know. I was in the hospital once, uh, and I was, she was like three years old. I've only been in the hospital once in my life, and she comes in there at three years old. I'm sitting there on the hospital bed. At three, she grabs my hand, she looks at me, and she goes, Daddy, you okay? You sick or something? Like I could see in her little eyes how concerned she was of that. And I can see God using that, you know. Uh, Benny is a comedian and she's a hugger. Whitley just drives us crazy, you know. But in all ways, like you can look at your kids and you can kind of see because you know them and you love them, you can see how God is going to use them. 
And in church, like as we fellowship, like it's the same thing. We can get to know each other and we can kind of encourage the talents and things that, that we have. The last thing is it's time to build evangelists. This type of building is a commitment to sharing my faith with others. Acts 1.8 says, you will, be my, you will be my witness for me, the ends of the earth. 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. You know, it's to evangelize and to share our faith and to go out and to build the kingdom. You know, sometimes it, it is hard, right? Like, it's, it's just hard to do that. It's easier to do it sometimes uh, as we do it together. And again, it definitely helps us grow. Uh, we were at Cluckers not long ago. All the staff wasn't. And this girl that I did not know that was a waitress came up and, and she started talking to Webby and she said, can you please pray for me? She said, there's been a car wreck in my family and, and it had just happened. She said, I, I don't know you know, what it's, if everyone's okay, I don't know what's going on. And uh, so at Cluckers, like as a staff, like we, we prayed for this, for this lady. And, you know, how did she know that, how did she know to go to Webby? <laughs> like, how did she know that he would do that? Because that's what he does, right? And as he does it, like he does it with other people. Like, we were with him as he talked to her and, and prayed for her and, you know, just shared with her. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to do that together. We want to be able to do it by ourselves, but we want to be the kind of church that can go out and we can do things like that. I know we went with uh, some multiply groups that were here and they went out to eat and they would ask the people, hey, like the, the waitresses or the waiters, can we pray for you? And then together, like, they would, you know, they would pray for that person. And I think that is a great witness. And as we do things like that, as you serve, as you evangelize, as you uh, minister, like, as we do that, that's fellowship. We do it together. We have this common thing, Jesus, right, that we, we are trying to get people to enter the kingdom. We want it to be as big as we can. We want people to know Jesus. We claim to have this thing that is amazing, right? And we want to share that with others. And we do it together. We grow closer to Jesus. We grow closer to each other. So I want you to stand with me today. And maybe you are here and you don't have that. Listen, maybe you're here and you're just lonely. You know, you feel like you don't have any friends or you don't have anybody. Or maybe you just don't have that kind of relationship of somebody that's helping you grow in Christ. You know, there are people here. Like, if you want to pray about that, uh, there are people in the back that are going to be willing to pray with you today at the tables with the lamps on it. Like if you go back there, there'll be people to pray for you. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe when we talk about separation and fellowship, you just don't know God, but you want to know him. You want to be baptized. You know, that can happen today. Uh, so as I pray, like I'm going to pray and then they're going to sing a worship song. And as we sing a worship song, the invitation is open for you to go pray or to uh, just lift your hands in worship. So let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this day. And uh, I just thank you for the love that you give us. And I'm thankful that as we go about life, that we can live life with others. And that 
that are going through things that might have been what gone through what we have uh, that can encourage us, Father, that can tell us when we need to mature a little bit more. We are grateful for that, and we love you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.